when women come together and they do the oldest crafts in the world yeah. and you think, oh my gosh, we're just sitting in Ecuador with five women, you know, sewing these silly little aprons. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, that translates into we're building a school. Right. That's how it's always been done. The women have done this very small, basic work and it's saved villages. Hey, I'm Rachel May, country singer-songwriter and host of Mama's Cup of Ambition, the podcast for ambitious mamas with big dreams and little kids. Or maybe your kids aren't so little anymore, but your dreams are still just as big as ever. Wherever you find yourself in your motherhood journey, if you've got ambitious goals that you're longing to achieve, and you're looking to spark inspiration, cultivate motivation, and develop community with like-minded mamas, you're in the right place. As a new mama myself, I created this show as a place for honest and empowering conversations about motherhood, entrepreneurship, and dream chasing. So grab a notebook, top off that cup of coffee, and let's turn our goals into action plans and our dreams into reality together. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Mama's Cup of Ambition. So I have to say, anytime I have a guest on this show, it's a really big deal to me. And it's a big deal because I recognize that it's a commitment of time for a guest to come on and share their story with us. And I also recognize that for you as a listener, you're also investing time into the conversation. So I find it really incredibly humbling to be given the opportunity to hold space and connect all of us in that way. And that being said, I have to admit that I was a tiny bit nervous for this interview because I've been a fan of today's guest and the beautiful work that she's doing in the world for a really long time. And when I started this podcast and I began dreaming up my list of inspiring mamas that I hope to have on the show, she was right up there at the top of that list. So when I reached out for an interview and I got a yes, it goes without saying that I was obviously over the moon excited and happy dancing was plentiful in my house. And side note here, I just think it's a great reminder for all of us ambitious dream chasers out there to just have the courage to put ourselves out there and to ask for what we want. Because I mean, for every yes that I've received, I've also had three or four no's or not right now's. And it just kind of goes with the territory, right? And I mean, it took me a really long time to muster up the courage to reach out to today's guest, but I'm so glad that I didn't let fear stand in the way of my vision for this show because I wouldn't be recording this episode and sharing this story with you right now if I had decided to cut myself off before even trying, right? So I just thought that was worth mentioning here in case you needed that reminder today to just put yourself out there and at least try because you may be really pleasantly surprised by the outcome. So all of that to say, I have the great pleasure of sharing with you today my conversation with Becca Stevens. Now, I was first introduced to Becca's work while I was living in Nashville, Tennessee, because my husband Gabe and I lived right down the street from Thistle Farms Cafe. So he and I were in there all the time buying coffee and candles and soap or meeting with friends for lunch and conversation. And it was truly one of our favorite neighborhood spots. And when I learned that it was so much more than just a cafe, my love for Thistle Farms just expanded and grew, and I became obsessed with their mission and the work that they're doing. And as this episode unfolds, we'll dive deeper into what Thistle Farms is. But before I get ahead of myself, I just want to introduce you to today's guest and a little bit of her background to set the stage for this conversation. So Becca Stevens is a speaker, a social entrepreneur, an author, a priest, founder of 10 nonprofit justice initiatives, and the president of Thistle Farms. 
She's been featured on PBS NewsHour, The Today Show, CNN, ABC World News. She was named CNN Hero and White House Champion of Change, just to name a few. And y'all, today, I have the great privilege of adding Mama's Cup of Ambition to Becca's impressive list of features. So as an entrepreneurial leader, she's established 10 justice initiatives and has raised over $55 million in funding. Drawing from 25 years of leadership and mission-driven work, Becca leads important conversations across the country with an inspiring message that love is the strongest force for change in the world. Now, in addition to that list of impressive accolades that I just mentioned, Becca is also a wife and a proud mama of three boys. So as our conversation began, I asked her to tell me a bit about her family, and I was particularly entertained by her musings on raising artistic kids. I was just saying to my husband the other day, we ought to do a show just on how to raise creative kids, because somehow we raised three artists. We have three young sons, all in their 20s, and they're all beautiful young artists. Our son, Levi Hummond is a great singer-songwriter, Caney Hummond, who just sold his first major oil painting work this morning about an hour and a half ago. I mean, wow. it's a big work. It's called Jonah and the Whale, but he's a beautiful artist that probably paints water better than almost anyone in the world. I'm not kidding. Yeah. And our youngest son, who's at SCAD, who was doing all kinds of design and branding. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how did we raise three artists? My husband, Marcus Hummond, said, oh, you raise them feral. <laughs> you know, they're just feral. They're just running around. So that's who I am. Three boys, a husband, and a lover of all things women. Raise them feral. Now that is some advice I can get behind. So from there, Becca opened up and spoke candidly about her own transition into motherhood and the mosaic of emotions that came along with the territory. And she also shared some pretty liberating ideas with regard to the fallacy of balance and letting go of the shame that so many of us hold around the choices we make as mamas. Here's what she had to say. And I just want to say to you and to all the moms out there, that um, I remember really grieving when I had my first child. Yeah. And there was a, it was definitely a death as well as a birth. I so wanted to be a mom, but I also wanted to so fiercely hold on to my freedom that I knew that was dead. And it has been dead ever since. I was right to grieve. And, yeah. you know, and I grieve stuff like the idea that, like, I'm never going on vacation again. I'm just going to parent in a new location. Also to say that I do believe that my kids help me pursue my dreams better than anyone else in a weird way. Yeah. I love that you just came right out the gate being so honest about the fact that you grieved because I feel like that's an experience that so many of us mamas have, but maybe that we're afraid to say out loud because you kind of get this download that like, well, I should just be totally blissed out the entire time on everything motherhood. And if I don't, maybe there's something wrong with me. So I really appreciate that it's okay to be blissed out and overjoyed and also feel grief and recognize that you're stepping into a new chapter and into a new phase of life and that both things are allowed to exist. I love that. Well, plus who has time to apologize for how you feel all the time? That is so exhausting to me when you're saying that. There's all these things that we do as moms, as parents or whatever, and it's all set up to make you feel guilty and inadequate. And one of them is 
just speak your truth. You don't feel that way every day. So go ahead and speak it and don't everybody freak out over it. The other thing to me is like the idea of, you know, whatever judgment we put on each other. And it's like, it's so not worth it because it always changes and you have no idea. And the whole journey of parenting, you know, if any of you are out there listening, thinking it's about balance, let it the hell go. (laughs) Yes. I wrote a whole book on this. The United Methodist Publishing Company called me. I had two small kids and they were like, you know, we want you to write a book for our curriculum called Finding Balance. And so I studied all these women and history and scripture. And I'm like, oh my God, no one had balance. Zero, (laughs) zero people had balance. So I was like, I think the idea really for me, for my parenting, for my journey was learning to what to surrender to and letting balance go. It's it's like, it's over. Some days it's 100% kids. Some days it's 100% work. Some days it's 20% all of that and 50%, you know, sitting on the couch watching episodes of Law and Order. (laughs) What I mean, it's like there's some days are all of that. And, you know, my best days I get up and I write and I exercise and I'm feeling good and I'm kind to everybody that cuts me off in line. On those days, I'm amazing. You know, on other days I go, I sneak into a fast food restaurant and I'm sliding on their greasy floors, knowing what I'm eating, by the way, (laughs) and feeding my children. And then, you know, just in shame going back home or whatever. I'm not shamed anymore. It's, you know, whatever. It's what it is. Maybe instead of feel shame, there's humor in it. That's the, to me, the key for parenting has been, it's funny. Yeah, I love that. And let it be funny. Taking that pressure off, like you said, taking the shame out of it and just realizing that every day is going to be different and that's okay. Oh my God, my little son was three and a half years old, like sucking on a pacifier like nobody's business. I mean, just loved it more than anything. And, you know, people were like, you got to get him to stop. You have to get him to stop. And I'm like, I want to, in my deep heart, I want him to stop, but also I don't want to go through that. And I was like, I don't see many 12 and 13 year olds walking around with a pacifier. It's like, he's going to stop eventually. Yeah. If nothing else, social pressure. Social pressure will shame him into that. And he goes to bed at like 745 with those pacifiers. He has one in his mouth and one in his hand. (laughs) A backup. He has a backup. And I was like, I just don't see me like over the summer doing it. Anyway, it's very funny because I remember thinking like, this is horrible. And I'm like, somebody else is going to have to shame him. Well, my husband was on the road for, he had a recording deal with Columbia Records. He was gone like that year. He was gone, whatever, 200 days. And it was like, this is instead of a father, he is a pacifier. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. Becca, I just love you so much. So after we talked about balance and shame and the humor of motherhood, I asked Becca to take us back in time and to share how her son helped to inspire a movement and the birth of Thistle Farms. Now, this story felt so relatable to me, and I found the ambitious action that it sparked in Becca to be incredibly admirable. Take a listen. I'm an Episcopal priest, and I was working with women who were coming off the streets. And you got to know that I have a history of my father was killed when I was young. I went through abuse my So I always really had a heart for women, you know, who were out on the streets or in prison. I knew I could easily probably have changed places with them. So basically, I'm coming from a place of humility and dysfunction, just so you know that. (laughs) So it wasn't like I was perfectly balanced and living the best life I was living. I was kind of piecing it together as I went. 
I was passionate about justice. I cared about people, but I was also pretty disorganized. And one of the manifestations for me was I lost a lot of things. And by the way, I still lose a lot of things and I'm knocking on 60. So whatever. (laughs) I had a son. He was four years old, Levi Humman. And I was pregnant with my second one. Very, very pregnant with my second one. My husband's on the road. I'm on the streets feeding women through a program called something like um, Street Works Ministry, some ministry that's not around anymore. And I was done and I was trying to get my son in the car and we were parked on 8th Avenue right by um, Humpog High School in Nashville, Tennessee. And the oldest strip club in Nashville, Tennessee, that it was next door to that high school, had this huge billboard of a woman in a cat suit. It was called Classic Cat. That was the name of the place. It was like a memory of a cat suit. And so I'm trying to, at pregnant, trying to get my four-year-old into this car seat. And I'm like trying to cram him into the back seat. And he's doing that thing that's almost like Olympic strength <laughs> back bend, where it's like, how do I get him in the car seat? And his head is all the way back looking up at the billboard. And he goes, Mom, why is that lady smiling? And I look up at what he's looking at and see the woman. And it's ridiculous. You know, she's smiling to beat the band and she's been bought and sold for probably less than a cat. And I was like, the question just broke my heart for my little boy because I'm like, he's not going to ask that someday. It's going to fade in to the whole landscape of how we buy and sell and commodify every woman in this world. And so that was the day I was like, I'm going to do something different. And he's going to know what it means to love women. You know, and I will say he's knocking, you know, on 30 this year. And he just played me a song he wrote for me. I have a new book coming out called Practically Divine about finding the beauty in the weeds. And he said, Mom, I wrote you a song and it's called Beautiful Weeds. You know, and he's written the theme song for Thistle Farms called Love Heals. He's been about the work. He grew up with the women, and I'm so glad he said it to me that day to get me off my butt and start it. So people can look on the website, thistlefarms.org. You guys will learn anything you want to know. You know, this is a global movement for women's freedom, starting with five women in Nashville, Tennessee. Now it's the global headquarters with more than 500 beds around the country, more than 36 global partners. It's a huge movement about women's freedom for women who are survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. Okay, so in case you just missed what Becca shared there, let me just give you a recap. So in 1997, Becca founded Thistle Farms, and what started out as a single home for survivors of trafficking and addiction, now almost 25 years later, has become a global movement for women's freedom. Today, the Nashville flagship includes a residential program that serves as a national model for women's recovery and three justice social enterprises that provide jobs to survivors, amounting to $4 million in earned income last year. Becca also developed the Thistle National Network work to provide tools, workshops, and conferences to support young organizations wanting to follow its holistic model of recovery. And there are now 92 organizations providing over 500 beds to survivors in its network. I like that just blows my mind. She also created Thistle Farms Global Shared Trade, which supports 1400 artisan survivors in 20 countries. 
I mean, isn't that just so inspiring? I love that now Thistle Farms has created a network to teach other organizations what's worked for them and how to implement some of the same strategies in their own organizations. And I just have to share the origins of the name with you here because I love it so much. So on their website, they say, the name Thistle Farms comes from the misunderstood thistle, the only flower to grow on the streets and alleys where the women of Thistle Farms have walked. Considered a weed by many, the thistle has a deep root that can shoot through concrete and survive drought. In spite of its prickly appearance, its soft purple flower and profound healing qualities make the thistle a mysterious and gorgeous flower. The thistle has become a symbol of survival and healing for our community and women survivors around the globe. To us, the thistle represents strength, vulnerability, and the truth that love can heal our bodies, hearts, and minds. Believing this truth brings us together. Isn't that just so beautifully fitting? Ah, I love it so much. I had to share it. So after we talked about that pivotal moment with her son and the billboard, I asked Becca if she experienced any resistance to the call to action she felt in that moment. Here's what she had to say. I wish it was that neat where you feel like all of a sudden God has tapped you on the shoulder and called you. and You decide whether or not you're going to answer that one call. In my life, I would describe it as I've been calling to God my whole life. I wanted my life to have meaning. I wanted my life to feel like it had value. You know, when people use you at a pretty young age, it doesn't feel like there is a ton of value. So the way I would describe it to you is we've been calling our whole lives and every now and then there's an answer. Yeah. Mm. Because that's what I want. I mean, the unrequited love to me is the hardest part of faith. The parts where I'm calling and calling and I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm doing my best and I don't know. And it's a lonely place and it's a hard place, but that is the truth of my life. And even though I've founded several communities, I mean, I think eight or nine communities that I've founded, I would say that one of the overarching themes is loneliness. Yeah. And so the idea that every now and then there is an answer and it's like the doors open, lights come on and people you know, are like, hell yeah, let's go. Like, that's the beauty of those moments. For all the people who listen on this call, I just want to celebrate the people who have kept praying, you know, that that call that they feel all the time is heard. Okay, isn't this conversation with Becca so inspiring? I hope that you're loving this as much as I am, and there is so much more where that came from. But before we get into that, let me share with you something that has bringing me so much joy lately. Audible. Now, I love to read, but in this new season of motherhood, I found it really hard to find the time to curl up with a good book because, let's be honest, by the time I put Waylon down to sleep at night, I'm exhausted. And when I crack open a book that I've been wanting to read, it's a struggle for me to get more than a few pages in before I fall asleep with that book in my hands. Can you relate? Well, that's where Audible comes in. With Audible, you can choose from thousands of books, many read by the authors themselves, including bestsellers, autobiographies, and everything in between. I love that I can take Audible with me as I chase Waylon around, and I can listen to all of the inspiring books that I've been trying to find the time to read. It honestly breaks up my day in the most glorious way, and it's truly become something I look forward to in my daily routine. Recently, I devoured Love Heals, a book by our fabulous guest today, Becca Stevens. And if you're enjoying this conversation and Becca's story, then I highly recommend that you check out that book as well, because it does not disappoint. You can listen across devices and pick up right where you left off. And I have to say, I'm obsessed with the feature that allows you to bookmark sections of the book with notes so you can easily reference back to them later. It's like a virtual highlighter. 
and it's awesome. If you want to incorporate Audible into your daily routine, you can sign up today using the link in the show description for a free 30-day trial that includes a free book. There's no obligation and you can cancel anytime. And when you use my link, it helps to fill my cup and to support the show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. So like I mentioned, Becca is a skilled storyteller and author many times over. And in our conversation, she shared a bit about her most recent book set to hit the bookshelves in September. Take a listen. During the pandemic, I wrote a whole book on it called Practically Divine, and it's coming out with HarperCollins in September. Anybody can pre-order it. Practically Divine. Awesome. And it is the journey of how all of that happened and what it means, you know, to remember we're both dirt and angels, really. That's what practically divine means to me. And I will say that I think we, for me at least, especially as moms, sometimes we worry about if we're doing enough, what are we doing, how yeah. are we doing it? And I, I have learned as I grew this movement called Thistle Farms that when I do the really small stuff and pay attention to the small stuff and do it for a long time, big things happen. You know, like parenting in general is no freaking big deal. Like you're giving people a piece of bread, maybe a sip of milk and, you know, a change of clothes and a bed. That's not that big a deal. You grow a whole life from yeah. it. And that's true in justice and faith and careers. And so for me, it's like what I say is, um, or what I've been thinking about is like, you know, people are like, what can we do to help? And it's like, oh my God, share our story. Something very small, just share a story of hope and we make our living selling soap. Go online and buy soap. Put it on your baby, lavender soap. It's good for you. It's good for the baby. It's good for everybody. Johnson & Johnson has made a billion dollars off of yeah. it. Everything we do is about justice. Let your kids share the story yeah. and know it. From there, Becca and I talked a bit about the power, strength, and beauty that comes from women coming together in community. For me, these small groups, when women come together and they do the oldest crafts in the world, yeah. And you think, oh my gosh, we're just sitting in Ecuador with five women, you know, sewing these silly little aprons. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, that translates into we're building a school. Right. That's how it's always been done. The women have done this very small, basic work and it's saved villages. Yeah. There's something so beautiful that happens with women coming together, which is part of the reason I wanted to create this podcast. It's, I, I mean, especially right now, I feel like so much is happening virtually, I think there is this longing or this desire to have that connection. And I think we are all, especially as women and mamas, I think we're all longing for a piece of that connection and community with other women and with other mamas. So Absolutely. And I will say that what I think you're doing that's so beautiful, not only is your just smile so welcoming, I don't know if anybody can even <laughs> see your smile, but go on her website and look at her smile. But also just the invitation, you know, to ask the bravest thing, which is open-ended questions. Yeah. So the conversation can start either internally or externally. You know, those conversations are what make us able to love ourselves in the world again. So you're doing a great thing by doing it. And it's like so many people want to have like, here's the four steps to positive parenting. Yeah. And then we're all going to write it down and we're going to memorize it. And it also has to all begin with the same letter. So the four C's for positive parenting. <laughs> And then people make up four freaking words and everybody writes them down. And it's like, it's not true. It's yeah. just not true. And if everybody would just remember, it's like this thing is, to me, the nature of it is both simple 
and heartbreakingly long. Like just do it every day. Yeah. If you're doing it today, now do it another million times and you've done it. Yes. And raise them feral so that they grow up and pour creativity into the world. Oh my gosh, my oldest son also, one of the very first times he ever wrote on our furniture, he scratched into the furniture with a knife, I love mom. And I was like, that is brilliant. <laughs> How can you be mad at that? Oh no, I was like, you are brilliant. Like, I mean, kids are born that way, but like, you know, when we went on vacation, we had notebooks and pencils and we just drew and drew and drew. And the stuff that they came up with was amazing. I mean, just amazing. And it's like, oh my gosh, they don't need anything but a piece of paper and a pencil. Even if they're screaming for the rest of it, it's like really in the end, they can imagine a whole world with that stuff. Okay. So as always, I wrapped up my conversation with Becca with my three favorite questions. So here's what she had to say when I asked her for her best piece of advice in four words or less. Mine's not four words, but it's pray for a sign and keep going. Mm. Pray for a sign and keep going. I mean, if you've listened to this show before, then you already know that I'm a huge believer in signs and resilience. So that spoke to me. How about you? So next up, I asked Becca if there was a must-have resource that she would recommend to all of the ambitious dream chasers listening. And her recommendation was for her new book, Practically Divine. Take a listen. It's the most timely and most comprehensive and funnest. Practically Divine. Just pre-order it on Amazon. It'll mail to you this summer. And last but not least, I asked Becca what fills her cup, both literally and figuratively. So I describe myself as a person that has an average size cup that is overflowing. And I would say that what keeps my cup flowing is very small things that are just amazing to me, which are walks, tea, knitting, and my family. And what I would put in my cup is definitely an IPA. (laughs) I love it. Oh my goodness. Well, Becca, is there anything you'd like to leave us with? I'm going to link in the show description more about Thistle Farms and how they can support you and connect with you. But are there any final thoughts or anything that you'd like to conclude with here? I just want to say that I admire everybody that ventures into the world of parenting, that heartbreaking and unbelievably priceless gift of being a parent. I'm happy to talk to anybody. You are anybody that is listening to this podcast can DM me on Instagram. I look at it every day and try to reach back out to people if there's anything I can be doing to be supportive. Awesome. Okay. Was I right or what? I mean, did you find Becca's story as inspiring as I did? I just love this conversation so much, and I really feel like it just serves as a great reminder that our dreams and ambition come in so many different forms. I'd love to know what you thought of today's episode, and I'd really love to continue the conversation with you over on Instagram. You can find me by searching Rachel May Music, that's May with an E. And if you want to connect with the show, just search for Mama's Cup of Ambition. Okay, so I'm going to wrap things up for today, but I just want to extend a heart full of gratitude and thanks to Becca Stevens for coming on and sharing her story with us and to you for hanging out and listening to this episode. It really means the world to me and I just want you to know how much I love and appreciate you for being here. Okay, so until next time, may your dreams be ambitious, may your coffee be strong, and may love's healing power overflow into every corner of your life. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. 